0: Time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. At Broadcast School has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show, discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Day Day Day. Time. <laughs> Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell.
1: Stop what you're doing and listen.
0: Thursday morning, everybody. It is the morning blitz on 1025 U Rock, AM 730, Fox Sports, Tri State, The Rocking M app, Radio.net. Hope you're having a great start to this December 7th. 32 degrees outside. Cooler day today by just a little, 67 degrees after a 70 degree burner yesterday. I mean, it was, you know, there's probably, Christian, three days a year where the weather is just perfect. And yesterday was one of them on December 7th. It was absolutely glorious outside. I do something I don't usually do. I went for a run outside because there was no wind. No wind. And, uh, yeah, and beautiful temperatures. I don't do it very often anymore, but I went for a run outside because it was just too perfect. We get about two or three of those days a year. So, hope everyone else enjoyed that beautiful uh, Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, And Thursday can be about the same, but... There's work to do today. Big tournament day going on today inside the Goodlands Max Jones Fieldhouse. We tip off the 35th annual Topside Tip-Off Tournament uh, this afternoon, starting at 2 Mountain, two four six and 8. It's what makes it great. Uh, no, all the gets on the games will start today. Uh, catch Colby and Goodland, of course, on 100-point through the ride, 102.5 U rock their respected stations. Both those uh, games will be at 6 and 8 Mountain time. Eight to nine central. Sorry, no. Six and eight, seven and nine central. There we go. Gotta get my times right. Nice. Yeah.
1: I was gonna say so, that's usually something I will mess up.
0: No, I've like I said. Doesn't matter how long I live here. It's still very difficult to do. <laughs> still very difficult. It's,
1: it's weird being this close to a to a timeline. I must tell you. So imagine imagine a person who crosses it a lot like me. Cross it yeah, almost true. all the time.
0: So I always say there's there's some negative. There are a few bonuses of it. One of the big bonuses is if you're traveling and you're coming back which in, in our line of work where we're usually leaving, in my case, leaving to go to the central time zone, you are gaining an hour coming back home. So, you know, instead of returning from Hugoton at one thirty, two 2 o'clock in the morning, you're getting back at 1 or maybe midnight in the morning. So a little bit That's better there. That's
1: my problem is this morning I'm doing the opposite or tonight. Yeah, and then the it stinks opposite, for so.
0: you because you're going to yeah, be yeah. tipping off at 8 o'clock, getting done probably around 10 and getting home at 10.30, 10.45. and Yep. Oh, but then actually it's close to midnight, so... Yep. Yeah. That's an old... So here, because seven... Oh, yeah, you're right, because you're tipping at nine, so yeah, it's going to be close yeah, to midnight. Yeah. It's going to be a late night. It's going to be a late night for you. So, hope you enjoy that and your cup of water you have over there, but uh, anyway... Why are knocking
1: the cup of water? Why is this a safe? I don't
0: know. It's the way you drink it. You drink it like it's coffee, but and it's in a coffee cup, so it looks like you're drinking it coffee, it but it's, it's coffee not. Cup. Is that even your coffee mug?
1: It is. Okay, all this right. This is uh, from the documentary I made in college. You made a documentary? Mm -hmm. documentary filmmaking class we made Hillsdale student American hero it was about uh, an alumnus of our alumnus's male singular alumna um, of ours who uh, basically invented cryptology uh, as a science cracking codes and she broke codes for uh, the US Army and Navy in World War one and two and then between the wars she was breaking codes uh, for like Al Capone and the Smugglers. Against Al Capone and the Smugglers.
0: So she helped defeat the uh the, the Germans with their what is that thing mm-hmm. called? The Decipher? the Cipher. Not the Decipher. What yeah. is the thing called? The uh
1: Yes Why I know can't I think about. of it.
0: Gosh darn it. Love
1: Intimidation the... game. Yes, movie. fan great yeah. movie.
0: Well if you haven't seen it, see Intimidation Game, it's great. Wonderful movie. Yeah. Good about code yeah. breaking. Enigma. So, Enigma. The German Enigma, Enigma, Enigma Machine. There we go. Yeah. And her Great.
1: Yeah. And she had this she had this whole thing where she was a woman, so she all her files were classified by the FBI because uh, J. Edgar Hoover didn't want people to know that it was a woman <laughs> breaking codes uh, for them until I think it was 08. All this stuff gets mm-hmm. declassified, so now it's cool and made a documentary about it, and there's, there's my mug.
0: Cool, okay. Well, now we know what. I just thought it was some mug that Paul Heskett left behind that you just commandeered for the <laughs> he, week or something like he that. Leaves, so. He
1: leaves a lot of stuff like that behind. He's, He's got, got lots is. of uh, trinkets
0: trinkets that's a good word good word there for paul
1: Haskett yeah.
0: anyway full show ahead today connor Nichols is going to join us from sunflower sports solutions put a little bow on football talk some basketball uh with connor nickel we have our nfl power five uh today we don't have any college football power five this week but we will touch tomorrow on what is the greatest college football game that is played coming up on saturday so we will talk about that Do you know what i'm talking about I don't, actually. Oh, well, then you'll just have to wait. It's the greatest college Uh football game played that's coming up on Saturday. Uh, So we'll get to that, but we'll talk NFL Power 5. Uh, We got so much to get into once again, as we usually do, and we're going to highlight it quickly here this morning with the front page. Read all about
1: it. Read all about
0: it. The top stories of today. I got the early edition. Hot off the press. It's the front page on
1: the Morning Blitz. Front page? Really?
0: Another tough night for Juco Hoopsters last night. 0 for 4 Colby Community College and Northwest Tech go. We'll start with the good of the two of the four bad. Uh that'd be Colby Community College, men. They had the closest game of any of them. They end up losing 87-75 down at Pratt Community College. Slow start is what hurt a majority of these teams here last night. Colby was down 43-29 at the end of the first half and despite outscoring Pratt by 2, Still ended up losing 87 to 75. Uh, Marco Malikonesic, I don't have to say his name. Nonetheless, is that that right? Okay, Marco Malikonesic, 18 points, 13 boards, a double-double. He led the way in both statistical categories for Colby. But, yeah, didn't get... The thing that stood out to me was they shot 13 free throws uh, and Pratt shot 31. Big discrepancy there in the free throw shooting margin. That'll make a big difference there. That was kind of the stat that told, I thought that told the game there. Lost drops uh, Colby to five and six overall, one and four in conference play. As for the Colby Community College women, not a great first quarter at all from either team. It was just 12 to eight, but 67, 45. The final score is Pratt uh, beats Colby, 45 points. Colby was held to 14 points, a combined two quarters and, and eleven in another. Not enough offensive production. Sophia Lopez led the way, eighteen points, twelve rebounds, a double double for her. One of eleven from three. Not going to get it done there. Um, and twenty two turnovers don't help us either. Don't help either.
1: No, that's what I was going to say. Is they have exactly one made triple on the night. It was Stella McIntyre, who is an excellent shooter. Of course, had an off night last night, but that's the trouble when you have one shooter and no one else is if she's having an off night your team from outside is having an off night so that one of 11 exactly what ross said nowhere near enough to get it done speaking
0: of nowhere near enough that was the story for northwest tech at barton last night nowhere near enough points scored period 93 38 was the final on the women's side uh the northwest tech women 38 points the 55 point differential was the largest ever in the programs, in the series history between these two programs, which hasn't been great, Barton has dominated it. Twelve points for Tore Logan, who got a start last night. That was to lead the way for Northwest Tech. It was nowhere near good enough. Tech shoots 21% from the field. 21% from the field. Not going to get it done most nights there for the Northwest Tech women, who drop themselves down to 1 and 8 overall, 0 and 5 in conference play. As for the men's side, 71-48, the final score as uh, Barton beats Northwest Tech. A slow start again and really just a bad offensive night for the Maverick men. 17-52 uh, of 52 shooting. 25 turnovers does not help either. That's very, very bad. And even this is probably the toughest stat. Not a single Maverick had double-digit points last night. Not a single one. Nine points from Keyshawn Miller was the team high. No one no one even came close uh it was not good at all but 71 uh, 48 the final score Barton improving to 11 and one tech falling to three and seven oh and five in the jayhawk nothing to add on those notes there christian
1: that's brutal i mean yeah there there's nothing to add is cy crawley back for for the women for tech she was gone in the game that i uh That I filled in for, but
0: nope, still not there, still not there. That's a big point. Good point there.
1: That'll that'll hurt you for sure. But yeah, that you're gonna have to bring a lot to to you know win these Jayhawk matchups and to to lose by that much is is tough.
0: Yeah. Speaking of tough, big news yesterday. We talked about Colin Klein being gone. Holy cow! The news came down that Naquan Tomlin gone from the program. For the North, for the uh, Kansas State men's basketball team, he is gone after uh, being suspended from the very beginning of the season after getting into a bar fight. It sounded like there was a whole bunch of riots, or not riots, but protests that went on yesterday. My goodness, so much stuff going on, and Naquan Tomlin uh, out. is completely he was indefinitely suspended. Now he has been taken away from the team. And, uh, I don't know why I don't know what your thoughts on this whole ordeal, but what happened there? In your opinion?
1: I mean, frankly, I, you know, don't know the details more than anyone else does about this uh, bar fight and, you know, disorderly conduct. Usually that comes with um, not being sober. I'm not going to say that he wasn't, but uh, often that is the case. And that's a huge loss for K-State. And he did it to himself, right? I. Oh man, it's it's tough. It's tough to take a loss like that, but I mean, it's a good character move by Tang. If if you're gonna have a kid making dumb decisions like that, I am completely with taking him off the team.
0: I don't think Jerome Tang had anything to do with this decision. To be honest with you, it was just. A I, think, upper this thing was, was I think this was. I think this had to do with the president, uh, President Richard Linton, who was the, of course the university chancellor, president, whatever you want to call it. He goes out there and he. How do I even want to say this? He goes out there and has himself just an unbelievable statement saying, "We got it." I think because of the protests that the students were having out in the campus and stuff like that, I think and people were questioning like, "Why is he not playing?" We know he got into a fight, but why is he not playing? Why is he indefinitely suspended? There were there were not enough good enough answers from K State. What's the word I'm looking for here? There were not enough good enough answers from K State administration. To get this thing figured out. It was just, it was not good enough. And so, because of that, students started to riot. Students students started to have some second thoughts about some stuff. And that, that caused them to make a decision. The president said, we can't have this. It's a bad look for our university. I think the pressure was thrown on Gene Taylor to make a decision with Jerome Tang. And Gene Taylor said, I think you need to get this guy off the team. And I think it was kind of forced that way. I I don't know that for a fact, but that's just kind of my thought. Uh, That's how I guess I read the situation from afar, is that higher administration was saying, we got to get this bad look off of our campus, and but people on campus just wanted more of an explanation, and I don't think they could give it because of, you know, privacy laws and things of that sort. You couldn't give that stuff, so...
1: Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I think it's an ongoing investigation type of deal right now. Um, And Hey, they they were pretty clear in their statement. Like, we don't really Taylor was. Um, we know that there's all these rumors out there, what he did or didn't do, and uh, the quote is, "Much of the information on social media is incorrect." And obviously, anyone in that situation is going to say that, dispel all these rumors. But it's it's certainly at the end of the day a tough loss for K State. Obviously, he was key. On that elite eight team last year, and he's a big loss this year in a team that you know needs some extra dudes.
0: That's the thing that was interesting is that you know Naquan Tomlin was a big piece of this team last year. He averaged I think ten points, grabbed six rebounds, almost two, and had over an assist per game in that elite eight run, which was great. And he was a great, a really nice piece for them. And he would be great to have on the team to add an extra, you know, to add a that kind of experience and stuff on the squad and those pe- and those numbers to the team, but they kind of have a Naquan Tomlin type of player in Arthur Kaluma. So I don't know if this sting is really going to matter as much. I guess we'll see. But... Can never have enough dudes. Yeah, you never can have enough players. That's exactly right. And K-State, I don't know. Seven and two? Three overtime wins? I mean, it's not like as if they're completely struggling without him. The ceiling probably, as it said on The Athletic, would be higher with Tomlin on the team, obviously. For I don't sure. know, but for sure. And he might be the most talented player on this roster. I don't know. I think Arthur Kaluma or Taylor Perry may be. But I don't know. We'll see. I think The other thing that's interesting is that from, the, from uh, Naquan Tomlin's perspective is that he could transfer out and go somewhere else and play now this year. It's he true. could if someone wanted to allow him on there. So that'll be intriguing to see how that, how that shakes out. If he goes somewhere and becomes an impact player
1: someplace else. He'll have to be able to get this information and obviously be able to share it with anyone. Anywhere he's going to transfer is going to want to know details from, you know, the, the alleged fight. Yeah, we'll certainly see about that uh, going forward. Uh, a
0: couple more stops here on the front page on this Thursday morning. Colby Community College. College Wrestling beat Otero in a duel, 32-19 to 19 was the final score last night. Also, a little bit of wrestling starts going. It's a big weekend of wrestling. You know, we have big tournament weekend in basketball. It's also a big weekend in tournament wrestling. Uh, the Eagle Invitational being a big thing over there in Colby, which is a huge tournament. But uh, Colby girls are going to have a wrestling invitation. I think it's the first annual. I'd be the second, but I think it's the first. They're hosting one over at Colby today. And then Hoxie welcoming in Atchison County and Pine Creek for a double duel. Both Atchison County and Pine Creek are really good wrestling programs. One from Colorado, of course, one from Kansas, and those teams are going to go and wrestle at Hoxie because those two teams are going to Colby for the Eagle Invitational. So Hoxie picks up a nice duel against some really good competition, or comes to them kind of. So that worked out pretty well for Hoxie. Bringing in, there's a lot of great teams from all over the Nebraska, Colorado. I didn't even think they bring some up from Oklahoma for the Eagle Invitational Wrestling Tournament. It's a, it's a really, really big one and a really, really good one that'll get going tomorrow and run uh, into Saturday. Pushing into basketball, uh, tonight there is the semifinals of the Joaquini Purple and Gold Tournament. Hoxie and Oakley girls score off in the championship semis tonight at 6 Central. Uh, Oakley and Hoxie boys will meet in the consolation semifinals. That's at 4.30 Central Time. So the boys play in the consolation semis. Girls play in the championship semifinals of the Purple and Gold Tournament. Good luck to both those teams. And then, of course, we mentioned that the 35th Annual Topside Tip-Off Tournament gets going tonight inside Goodland's Max Jones Fieldhouse. First-round matchups include, on the girls' side, Burlington Ulysses, Norton McCook, Colby Lakin, Goodland Ray. And then on the boys' side, Norton, Burlington, McCook, Ulysses, Goodland Ray, Colby Lakin. So those are your first-round matchups. We kind of touched on this last week, talking about high school basketball from the Colby perspective, but... You know, you guys have not had a chance. Colby has not had a chance to play a game yet. So what are your thoughts going into this tournament, Christian, overall?
1: Well, I I think part of it is, um, especially on the boys' side, you're kind of figuring out what you have. Uh, On the the girls' side, of course, J.C. Walker uh, knows exactly what he has. He graduated just one girl from last year's team, and he's got almost all of his scores back, which is big. And so they're still relatively young. I think only two seniors on this year's roster. Uh, very junior laden, especially where their scoring is coming from. And that's big. The the N- Logan Nolans of the world, the Elizabeth Bartons of the world being back and, you know, contributing is big for him because he said it kind of, I talked to him yesterday, helps you with all this preseason stuff of... Figuring out your team and maybe you have to wait a little bit like they do like both Eagle squads do you wait an extra week uh, To start your season. You don't have to figure out what you have. You kind of already know Where your pieces fit everyone of course needs to now take a step forward especially in high school ball a year can do a lot for you Uh, I'll be very interested uh, to see the women's team this weekend I think they can really make a dent in this tournament they're matched up to start with Lakin, uh, who returned their two leading scores from last year, but they did graduate seven total players, including uh, a lot of their contributors. And after a 12-9 and year last year that was tied for the most uh, wins in a single season in the last 15 years, Uh, I think they're going to take a little bit of a drop-off. They still should be pretty good. J.C. Holloway, of course, a very good coach. Uh, Some Juco history, actually, between him and Yancey. Back when J.C. uh, Lakin's coach was coaching in Garden City, he coached against Yancey, uh, Colby's coach, when he was coaching uh, at Colby. And so they've got a little bit of history. They know each other pretty well, so that should be a pretty good matchup. I like Colby in that one. Not that I don't like the boys' team, but uh, Lakin is a pretty good squad. I mean, they're going to bring some full-court intensity defensively. 13-9 and last year uh, was considered by Coach Schmidt a down year, and they return 98.4% of their scoring. And they still have uh, a good amount of youth, a couple of seniors, but very junior-laden and a lot of experience to go against a Colby squad that doesn't have a lot of experience on the boys' side. You know, I mean, they graduated just about everyone. You're missing uh, the, the Hunter Vaughns, the Puckets of the world, and you're now going to have to move on. You still have Guy Tubbs, and he's going to be... Huge talent for you, uh, but no Shane Puckett, no Hunter Vaughn, and you're you're missing a lot of the guys that were impact players from last year. So Coach Tom Stevens, unlike Yancey Walker on the girls' side, does have a little bit of feeling out to do uh, with his squad. He'll have some feeling out to do, but this is a
0: highly experienced coach who has a ton of games under his belt as Coach Stevens. So he knows what he has. And he knows what. You know, he know At least he knows what he has in practice, and he knows what he'll have to learn what they have in game situations. Uh, like you said, Guy Tubbs will be a center point focal. Will be a focus point of this team, and so will
1: uh, I think Jordan Jones, who I think is an upcoming oh my good player. Gosh. So, the- you watch him even at practice. This kid's got a strap on his. I mean. He's got a, a, a laser. He shoots from outside. He keeps that thing on him all the time. His, his jumper is so nice. It's really good. The trouble is, uh, especially with I'm a little bit worried about the Eagles and their depth, if you take away Jones and if you throw a double-team at Guy every time he catches in the low post, it's it's your other guys. Where are your other guys? Uh, and the scoring going to come from the Braden Foss, Casey Carroll, and Grant Steven, Coach Tom Stevens' son. Uh, should round out the starting five for them. That's what it's looked like, and I think that's what it will be, at least to start Mm. the tournament tonight. How much scoring can you get from them? Grant Stevens has a pretty nice jumper, uh, but how much offense can you get from Braden Foss and Casey Carroll, Guy Tubbs' football teammates? I think that's a question mark to me right now, and I think that's something you got to uh, feel out, especially uh, with three games in, in three days right now.
0: I do think uh, it'll be i it's, am it's, not saying it's not a winnable game. It is, uh, but Lakin is a very tough team. Coach Schmidt is a phenomenal coach. Uh, they. And last year they kind of took their lumps, so I think this year they're going to be pretty good. I remember him saying to me last year that, well, we'll take our lumps this year, but we'll be good in the coming year. And this will be a very stiff test for a Colby team with a new coach and a lot of—I don't say a lot, but a good number of new faces stepping into big-time roles. So that'll be very interesting to see how that game shakes out here tonight. That's six mountain time inside the Auxiliary Gym. Uh, you guys will, The guys will play either McCook or Ulysses in the semifinals. And uh, that'll be that game. On the opposite of the bracket, you've got uh, Norton and Burlington. And then Goodland and Ray. And honestly, this, this tournament is pretty good from the boys' side. Ray is the defending 2A state basketball champs in Colorado. We know that Norton Blue Jays went to uh, state in football. Excuse me. State championship game in football lost. No, no, sorry. Went to the state semifinals and lost to Hoysen, Excuse me. Made it to the state semifinals in football though, and have three very good players: Tyce Melvin, Roman Hauser, and Eli Jones, who dropped a big twenty-one burger in his first game after just what ten days of practice, uh, which is impressive. He's good. Uh, Burlington has got some very nice pieces on their t- on their side of the on that side of the border as well. They're very... They've got some talented pieces and some guys that know what they're doing over there. Lakin's good. Colby's solid. I don't know much about McCook, and, and, and Ulysses has been down the last couple of years, but there's five to six really solid teams on the boys' side of the bracket that'll be very interesting, including the Goodland Cowboys, who, you know, stri- I don't want to say... I don't want to say play with their food, but to an extent, for three quarters, kind of let Syracuse hang around in the fourth quarter, cranked it up, and and pulled away for an easy, convincing win this past Friday. Be interesting to see if Lincoln Cure is back. He did not play the first game. I know he's dealing with, I think, a hamstring issue or something like that. Hopefully, he's back here tonight or soon. Uh, dealing with that injury, he adds a whole other dynamic to that team that that's with athleticism and size. Uh, that Blair Lennon has some athleticism and size, but not on the same level as a Division One, you know, athlete that Lincoln Cure is. Uh, But Manny Gonzalez is back, one of the top point guards in the GWAC, in my personal opinion. Brady Brumbaugh has played a ton of basketball, just an absolute ton. He plays it all year long. And so he had a big game uh, in the Syracuse game. I expect him to be the team's leading scorer this year and and consistently be up close to 15 to 20 points uh, this season. I think his expectation would be that too. So uh, this Cowboy team could be dangerous, but they have – a Ray team that's very dangerous. There's a Blue Jay team. There's a Cougar team that are good. Colby and Lakin. This is a this is a very interesting bracket. And if you're Goodland, you want to try to avoid what happened last year, which is you got beat. You were probably picked to beat Lakin, a, a younger Lakin team that was inexperienced, and you got outworked, outworked in that first game. Can't have that happen against Ray. You got to come to work. They're going to have some guys inside that love to play physical. A.B. Ruiz being one of them. I think it's Rafael... Trejo is the other one. Those guys are big, physical guys. They are... They're, they're not going to take... They're going to take nothing from you, so you better make sure that you go to work, and that's going to be the biggest thing. Can the Cowboys... If the Cowboys can overcome this mental hurdle that they have at times, they could be a really good basketball team this year. On the girls' side, you know, Goodland Cowgirls, I think, are going to be the favorites going into this. I mean, they've, they've won 40 straight. Uh, but Ray's, Ray was a great program for many years. They've kind of had a couple of down years... Norton's always been a solid program. Cook is off to a 2-0 start. Burlington is a very solid program. They played Goodland in the Topside Tip-Off Tournament Championship uh, last year, but Goodland beat them handily. Uh, Ulysses had a great volleyball season. I'm really intrigued to see if that transitions into the basketball floor uh, because they had a really good volleyball season. I'm intrigued to see if that will happen on basketball, if they have a good year. They were really good about five years ago. I've struggled as of late, uh, but I think they could be good. I anyway, We all know Colby is going to be a really good team this year. Heck, they're number three in the state in 3A. And Christian told you why I think they'll, they'll be a good team this year. I think they have one of the best point guards in the state in, in Logan Nolan and a really good two-guard in uh, Elizabeth Barton, who's got extremely quick hands and quick feet and can cause a lot of havoc, especially on the defensive end, which leads to easy buckets. And you mentioned the Lake and Bronx. Great coach in J.C. Holloway. Holloway does a great job there, and he's done a good job developing his girls. And they're, they get they get better every single year, and so I expect this year for them to be even better. So I think the field is very, very good once again for this 35th annual Topside Tip-Off Tournament Championship.
1: I'm excited. This is my, uh, you know, first time getting to experience some some Northwest Kansas basketball out here. And on the one hand, you know, it's for, for us as broadcasters, it's, it's six games in three days, and I'll be up till midnight or whatever tonight. Uh, but on the other hand... I have nothing against football. I love football. It's a close second. But if I could only broadcast one sport for the rest of my life, basketball is it. Uh, and, and I'm excited to to see a lot of these teams because basically most of what I've seen has been on paper so far and all this prep work and talking to coaches, none of it prepares you for for the real deal, and I'm excited to uh to get some some live reps in, so to speak. I think it's gonna be fun. Oh, we'll see
0: how it goes. I'll be very intrigued to see how the Goodland Cowgirls do after romping Syracuse. and once again losing so many pieces. I'm intrigued to see them play a little bit stiffer competition here in the tournament, see how that all shakes out. Still think they'll have a really good chance of defending their home floor. All right, we gotta get to a break. We'll take a break, come back. Uh we will visit with Connor Nickel get his his get his th- closing thoughts on the football season and a few thoughts on high school basketball that's next here on a Thursday morning edition of the Morning Blitz